Hello and welcome to Unlocked and Unrestricted, the podcast all about reigniting your sexuality post-lockdown. On today's podcast episode, I am so excited to have Alex, aka DJ Kiwi and founder of Crossbreed. We get intimate on what it's really like to be at a sexy, queer, kinky rave. We get deep into busting sex party misconceptions, breaking down some ingrained social constructs, and how it's really not all about the sex. You'll gain some hot kinky communication tips, sex party confidence boosts, and importantly, how not to be a wanker, unless it's consent driven. Get ready as we really go there. Before we begin, I want to let you know that there is a trigger warning as we mention and make references to sexual assault, sexual trauma, and consensual non-consent play. Thank you for listening and enjoy this episode. Let's, let's, let's do ah, this. So excited. Amazing. Well, let's get into it. So, Alex, I'm super excited to have you on today's episode. Um, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself to our lovely listeners. Sure. Um, so, I'm Alex. I am a DJ. I use they, them pronouns, and I identify as a boy. Um, I'm a music producer I, under the alias of Kiwi. Um, and I also run Crossbreed, which is a uh, queer, sex and kink positive uh, rave mm. and educational platform and uh, record label. And yeah, that's basically me. Um, <laughs> Love it. I'm also fairly kinky. Uh, I'm a dom. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of me love it and how would you describe your sexuality um i uh, as queer other people might describe my sexuality as being heteroflexible but i don't particularly like that yeah i'm fairly open fairly fluid but tend to sleep with people with vaginas mostly but i'm super attracted to dicks to look at visually I love it. I love that. And what does um, being queer mean to you? It's a politic as much as anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think very few people really fit in, into these rigid boxes that society puts us in. Yeah. And um, for me, it's about seeing outside of those boxes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. How did you move from your kind of being an art student at Goldsmiths into this, then becoming a DJ, setting up your own record label and this, uh, and setting up Crossbreed as well. How did you, how did you become here? Sure. So um, I did an art degree. Uh, while I was doing that, I, I was quite involved in like the queer London party scene. Mm. I was taking photographs at a lot of those parties getting paid to do so just to kind of like support my way through university mm. and then um one of my favorite parties that I took photos at every Monday closed down and I saw an opportunity to start something of my own mm. so I started my party which was called Orlando Boom and that went quite well I love it 
when I finished university, I got headhunted to open a nightclub in Dalston called The Nest. Yeah. I did that for a couple of years. Um, and then my DJing uh, started taking off. I started making music and releasing music. So I left my job at The Nest to focus on that. Um, yeah. And I've been doing that for um, the past eight, nine, ten years, maybe. Um, and then a couple yeah. of years ago, um, well, three or four years ago, I started getting involved in the uh, kink community and saw an opportunity to start a party that kind of blended the worlds of like the more dance music centered uh, queer raves with the fetish scene Um, and yeah I started crossbreed. Yeah and I think that's amazing and and where you talk about that almost crossover with kinking and, and being queer as well and that's something that I have found it's really unique about crossbreed is that it feels like this really open open-minded space and is that something that you were quite keen to create was there a particular niche I guess that you identified that that crossbreed fits quite nicely into I have been DJing in Berlin for years mm. and in Berlin all the good parties really like the fetish element and the party element they just go hand in hand and all the great DJs play all the fetish parties and it's just like all the good parties are fetish parties even if it's not the core <laughs> focus yeah the core focus is often like the, the club and the dancing like if you look at like Berghain you know yeah. like people go to rave but you know if you want to fuck in the corner or in the dark room or you want to partake in adventures there's plenty of opportunity for that as well but Love that it. doesn't distract really from the the party and I, I, yeah, I kind of wanted to do something like that. Um, mm. You know, all the fetish events I've been to in London, some of them really, really great, but they were all quite like fetish focused mm-hmm. or quite like sex focused. And the music and the dance floor were often an afterthought yeah. or or not my thing. And definitely certainly didn't book DJs that were like, that I was interested in hearing. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of was the thought process, the inspiration, if you like. Yeah, I love that, that music focus and more of a focus on the event itself than it just being a fetish event or a kink event. It's it's a it's a rave. It's a party. It's a play space that also, yeah, you can go fuck in the corner or go play in the dark room or or the playroom. And for those of um, for those of us who might be kind of new to all this, like what exactly is a dark room or a or a playroom? Well, we don't have a dark room at Crossbreed. Dark rooms tend to frequent quite like gay focused clubs, uh, mm-hmm. quite masculine uh, focused clubs. And my feeling is that um, they can be quite unsafe for women. Um, generally speaking in the gay community, when you enter into a dark room, you're kind of pre-consenting to people touching you or, yeah. you know, and all the rest of it. And that's that's not what we're about across breed at all. So yeah, we have a lit playroom that is monitored. So you can see what you're doing it's still relatively dark and but you mm-hmm. but you can certainly see the person next to you and also crucially our monitors and our safety armband wearers can um also see what's going on and make sure that everyone's behaving appropriately everyone's consenting 
nobody is lurking or um, trying to uh, engage in scenes with people who are already playing with each other. So yeah, that's that's kind of what it is. Um, it's it's fun. There's a whole lot of people doing all sorts of weird and wonderful things to each other, and yeah, it's pretty hedonistic. Yeah, I mean, I love that, and it really gives a, a space to explore fantasy and explore desire and explore with multiple people if 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 you wish um and one of the things that and one of the reasons that i that i know from like a scientific perspective like why like the way that our arousal works and the way that we feel desire is that for a lot of us a lot of us might like some of us might experience spontaneous desire which is desire that almost just comes out of comes out of nowhere it's like going naught to 60 in in 3.5 for a little like rihanna reference um but for many <laughs> of us we actually experience what's called like responsive desire which means we respond to stimulus mm -hmm. and actually some of the statistics which i thought were really interesting is that um, there is a bit of a gender difference with with men, typically 75% of men and 15 compared to 15% of women feel primarily spontaneous desire, whereas 30% of women and only 5% of men experience primarily responsive desire. And then a lot of us experience a, a mix of both. So interestingly, one of the reasons we might really enjoy this, this kind of play space sex positive space these kind of kink parties is that it allows us to have all these sexually relevant stimuli to excite us and for our desire then to be like sparked and to be re responded to and I think that that's that's one of the things that I find really hot about these spaces and that makes me feel really sexy is the fact that I'm like wow look at all these amazing like sexy people doing things that they really really want to do and from like that social psychological perspective as well is the fact that it's all of these people enjoying their sexuality and enjoying their sensual self and that we, we're often so conditioned and, or there's a lot of stigma or a lot of shame that can come around like specific fantasies or desires to sort of have a space where people can be free to explore these and for me as well to see other people exploring that that just kind of relinquishes that shame it just really allows that desire and it just feels like something that's really really powerful and I know for me being in the pandemic um, and for a lot of us that actually this this freedom and this responsive desire is almost lacking because we've been cooped up potentially either single or alone with housemates or with a partner yeah and is there anything particularly that resonates with with you around that or I think I think like um I think I've almost become a bit numb to it yeah personally I think in the last three four years in terms of like sex parties orgies playing in public like that was a huge like fantasy for me and really turned me on but um I'm almost like a bit over it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um but I, I mean I love those environments and I love seeing those that that going on uh I love like being in those environments with my friends mm. but uh, and also I love just sharing sex like with everyone and just feeling comfortable with everyone um but in terms of like I, I find that almost really wholesome and beautiful yeah but it doesn't so much like arouse me as much anymore 
I think I've kind of like ticked all those boxes almost and I'm on to the next thing. But that said, mm. it changes. I think like, I think I can find um, group situations like overstimulating and over, around, like yes. over overwhelming a little bit. Like it's just the previous show up in me has almost died a little bit down and I'm just a bit more like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> or isn't this sweet? <laughs> I love that. That beauty and almost like that really kind of beautiful wholesomeness and the, the intimacy that can come with that. And I think you're absolutely right and how how it can be really overstimulating um as well as well as like it can be super arousing but like actually it could be really overstimulating so it's finding yeah what for me sex is also just like another way of communicating and another way of like Mm. building friendships and bonding my friendships so you know it's nice it's nice to just be in situations with my friends that maybe we're not like super sexually attracted to each other or we're Mm. we're or maybe we are just in moments but it's not like it's not like the focus of our relationships but like to share those experiences with friends kind of like bonds you and makes you like it it creates like a effect creates like a really like loving warm community of friends which i love you know yeah Um, and it's not so much just about like the sex it's just like it's just something that happens it's just like it's just like having a deep chat it's like something Mm. that will will be a really nice thing that happens between friends so I I quite like that that. I love that and taking that that really feels more like the intimacy sort of side of it than the fact like how I think sometimes we can get how we've got all this section so it can be really hedonistic it can be really like fiery but actually it can also be really deep really sweet really intimate really beautiful and I think that that is sometimes and I don't know what what your thoughts are on this but that is sometimes something that I've found is almost a a misconception of say sex parties in general but also like fetish parties and kink parties is that there's a lot of focus on the the sex and the raw kind of physical acts but actually there is a lot of like depth and intimacy that goes alongside that yeah 100 percent. but when people think of sex parties they really just think of sex Mm. and people often forget about everything else that comes with it i think society views sex as something that's incredibly intimate and generally reserved for like one special person and all the rest of it and i think that that negates a whole host of amazing possibilities for all sorts of deeper meaningful more meaningful connections with all sorts of different people and I think that's a shame I agree I agree and what's been maybe one of the things that has surprised you the most about starting or creating crossbreed I think genuinely how open-minded young people are Mm. and also the breadth and range of different people that are actually genuinely interested and I think I've really learned that absolutely, really, everyone has interests and desires that may not be conceived as being traditionally normal. Mm. Um, they just don't necessarily have access to the information about them or the uh, or deconstructing the stigma around them. Yeah, I think I think that was surprising. And I feel that that really comes across in that that idea of like breaking down the stigma breaking down these social constructs that we can experience and really providing a space which is inclusive as much as it can be and like really try to be like free of like prejudice and I know that that's one thing from a lot of friends that that I have who have 
attended different crossbreed events like they always say awesome music and one of the most inclusive sex positive spaces that that they've been in and how do you how would you say that you create that inclusivity is it something that you do consciously or is it just by nature of who you are and and the event that, that you're creating I think it's very conscious mm. um I think it has to be like I think you know I present as a cisgender man I don't identify as one but I I pass mm. as that I think it has to be conscious in order to really like consider and and be inclusive like especially as someone that's white mm. um if, if, you're, if we're not conscious about society's biases and all the rest of it I don't think that um and also our own I don't think it's mm. possible to really like be inclusive so yeah it's very conscious we work really really hard on it um we do a lot of listening we do a lot of learning like there's a few things we do in order to do it but first and foremost is is literally just the way we market ourselves and the way we mm-hmm. communicate with our community yeah and we center like that message in everything we do and that fosters the community and an environment of inclusivity and I think that's paramount to everything we do genuinely when reading the party rules and for those who've never been to a kink party sex party every party will have their own set of rules and it'll have things like dress code talk about um how to behave uh what what is appropriate really within the realms of that party and I was really impressed by crossbreeds rules in particular yes you've got like zero tolerance of harassment and an absolute focus on consent and how explicitly that that was placed out there but then the things that I really loved that I hadn't necessarily seen anywhere else was around inclusivity so asking people for their pronouns and being upfront with your own as well and offering your pronouns so that people who are in between the binary or identify potentially not as male or female feel inclusive included in that space and I thought that that was something that I found really really impressive it's important it's really important um I also like so many people especially like cis passing people that maybe have queried their gender before but not that consciously like we create space for them to do that yeah so you know lots of people kind of find new identities and redevelop their identity when space is allowed for that exploration which is really interesting you know Mm. and yeah something that I'm really proud of yeah and I and I think that's really that's really powerful because if and and for those of you who might not know cis passing that means or cis presenting that means you look or potentially present to the outside world how what you're sex is at birth so so for example my sex at birth is female and I present um I I look very female <laughs> but actually, yeah ba- based yeah. on society's construct of what gender is you know in terms of what women clothes are yeah women have long hair women wear makeup etc 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 women have boobs all of these things are real really just constructs of society and they don't they're not they don't actually Mm -hmm. exist boobs exist but men can have boobs a hundred percent non-binary people can have boobs a hundred percent a hundred percent and I think that's what's really powerful is that like gender gender is a social construct it's what we construct culturally and within 
society so having a space where people can question their gender um and query and play in that space where actually if you want to if you want to dress in a certain way that one might consider typically and I'm doing air quotes here like typically male or typically female that doesn't matter it shouldn't it shouldn't matter every single day but to have a space where people can have that freedom to really play and explore with their own what it means to them to experience it in that way I think is is just something that is so so powerful and so freeing yeah I totally agree do you have any top tips for someone who's really looking to explore their or query their gender a little more I think there's lots of things you can do one is um surround you like find your community surround yourself with people that understand that create space for you to be who you want to be and also to change and to feel comfortable changing and not to like set you in like a category um because it's fluid you know things can change like how you feel now might not be how you feel in a week or two years so really just surrounding yourself with good people that give you that room is very very important and if you can't like if, if you don't have access to that like I mean reach out to us you know um yeah reach out to us because we are that we are that place and we will welcome you with open arms what else I think also just give don't put this pressure on yourself to define your identity you don't have to like say I am this I am that you don't have mm -hmm. to have that you might look for your identity so you can fit so you can like put a word on it and that's okay but just don't like put pressure on yourself to like make those decisions just explore slowly meet other people that identify as not cis and just yeah give yourself room and space to see how you feel you know it might be that you try identifying as trans and actually that doesn't quite sum you up it might be that you start using they them pronouns and identifying uh, as non-binary and that might not really sum you up you might feel that actually you do identify as a man but you love wearing women's clothes you know like mm. whatever like just explore it just see what fits like take your time talk a lot and yeah try and take as much pressure off yourself to make decisions as possible as, as you can because it's really often for other people to understand you that we try and find these like mm. um brackets or like try and find this like identity so you can describe yourself to other people um and and as long as like really just focus on like helping yourself feel like comfortable in your own skin and and do what you need to do to get there there's lots of resources amazing i love that thank you other rule that i was also kind of really really like wow i haven't seen this anywhere else either was directed specifically to to men and how as a man that just because you potentially mm. think that you are a nice guy or your intention isn't to be threatening or potentially cause harm or nervousness to another human being that just bringing that awareness that actually as a man although that might not be your intention your presence could potentially make someone else feel unsafe or feel uncomfortable and I have a lot of fear around around men I'll be honest like um and particularly in sex positive spaces having been 
experience very like predatory behavior or even just not being able to fully express myself sexually if I'm kind of feeling as well like if I'm potentially being observed in that in that way and for me I know that there's a lot of societal stuff that's mixed up in that and a lot of my own um like sexual trauma with with men and things like that from the from my own history and realistically I think it's fair to Mm -hmm. say you're speaking on behalf of most women there as well Mm -hmm. like if we Mm -hmm. look at the stats that just came out around the 97 percent of uh of women Mm -hmm. over the age of 30 Mm -hmm. having experienced sexual harassment you know it's very difficult to be a woman mm. woman in society and mm. actually not have any fear around men. So yeah, sorry, I kind of interrupted you there, which was not very a joke, so me, especially given the context. Um, yeah, that's really what that rule is about. It's just about saying, you know, as a man or a, a, a male masculine presenting person, take like recognize and take account of your threat level, like understand that as a person with a penis maybe you represent a threat Mm. to over half of society and if you're aware of that and you're conscious of it you can navigate the community the scenes and also life like a lot more responsibly and carefully and um, possibly build much better stronger relationships with women and other um, people that don't Mm. identify as cis and male that do fear cis males um so yeah that's really what that rule's about just kind of like recognizing asking people to recognize that despite their intentions despite their thoughts despite all the work they do just appearing the way they appear can can still feel quite threatening to people yeah and I, and and honestly that that rule really resonated with me and particularly with a lot of the with everything that's going on at the moment with um and a lot of the residual um I'm carrying around as well and I know a lot of my female friends when we talk about it with what happened with Sarah Everard um and that almost resurging of that fear so when I read that I was it it genuinely I felt my whole body like my nervous system like relax and what can happen as well is is and I, men men might not be aware of this or women might also not be aware or, or any human being, whether you're in between male, men, woman, in between the binary, anywhere. When we experience like that, when we experience that fear, like if your presence is potentially threatening, it might not be, it might not be you specifically, but even because of the way of what we hear in the news, of what we may have experienced with our own sexual harassment and those super high statistics, that almost our brains are conditioned to associate that fear, whether it's even happened to or not, we can have vicarious conditioning through what we see in the media, through Mm -hmm. what our friends tell us, what we Mm -hmm. experience in in different ways. So being aware of that and, and one, not taking it personally, it's, it's, it's like, it's it's literally a physiological reaction but what happens is it it engages our like our fear engages our flight fight freeze response 
and that can heighten our arousal in like a negative way. So heighten our stress levels, the cortisol, all of, all of that stuff. And that has a huge impact on our sexual arousal because when we are in that, that kind of fight flight mode, or if we're feeling threatened, that instantly shuts down sexiness and like that sexual arousal because we're like suddenly potentially under threat and we go into this survival mode. So I think having that, rule and that awareness in this sex positive space and with play and with fetish is only going to enhance the ability for people to feel that sexual energy and feel that freedom to to flow and explore and really be themselves and limit that potential fear that could happen so yeah i i mean i totally agree with everything you said but it's also maybe worth acknowledging that um that fear for a lot mm. of people actually is hi hyper arousing mm. and um and navigating that is very complicated for survivors yes. as well so like you know feeling that threat level is is potentially very much a kink having fantasies around mm. uh sexual assault um consensual non-consent that these these are also very normal things to feel um and learning to navigate them safely is also very important so you know some people may be like when triggered may be instantly um like you said fearful or like can kill or arousal because mm. for some it's, it, it is quite the opposite um and that's okay like you're not you're not um that's not that's not that doesn't make you bad for having those feelings like it doesn't it, it's it's a natural very natural desires to have but working out how to kind of handle those and navigate them safely and yeah I think that that is also like a, a really big but important conversation to have yeah yeah absolutely and thank you so much for bringing that up because that's that's really important that that there are these multiple pathways to arousal and what might be something that would shut one person down might actually be an enhancement and I really like what you touch on there is around the the safety there's so much that feels so taboo to talk about but is like so normal to have these arousal and desires that it can feel like almost we're being shamed for having them but but actually we can access the most exquisite and delicious pleasure through these fantasies and we can do it in a safe and consensual way 100%. that was one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about was around around like safety and consent and if there is one thing that you wish like everyone knew going to a sex positive party around creating like safety and consent Negotiating consent with anyone is incredibly important, whether you are at a party or not. I often think that like meeting a stranger or having those conversations at sex parties, especially around some of the more extreme desires, like I don't necessarily think parties are the right place for that. Mm -hmm. Like I really, I, I think lots of people think they're going to go to a sex party and have loads of sex with loads of strangers. I'm sure there are sex parties that encourage that and that happens at, but Crossbreeders isn't one. Like we don't encourage people to cruise. Um, in fact, we actively discourage it. Like we encourage mm. people to go to socials, to make friends, to find their people, to get involved in the community and to create relationships and bonds. And then to 
well, you know, and then if you see them at the party and you get chatting and one thing leads to another, that's a much like more natural way yeah. of things to develop. Like a dance floor isn't the right place to be chatting someone up. I don't think, and I think, I mean, it's also not not, like if, if, mm. if you're in a moment and a vibe, like things can happen, but don't go with that expectation. Don't go yeah. with that like desire and feeling because you're likely to become a pest. You're likely to maybe ha harass some people. Like crazy stuff can happen and things should ha can happen organically. And it's also to say like these things can't happen. But if you're, if you're, if that is your intent, it, like you're, you're, heading into it with the wrong premise um but also yeah in terms of like negotiation you can't talk too much as far as I'm concerned I'm sure other people would disagree but I think it's really important to just establish especially with someone new you know it's really established like boundaries and mm. safety nets and safe words and communicate and listen and read and err on the side of caution if things go well between you, things can progress. You don't have to do everything all at once, you know, like start slow. So for people who might be exploring this for the first time, and I, do you recommend having those consent conversations, boundaries, getting to know each other before, say, engaging in like a, a play scene? Oh, always, always. Before you play with anyone new, like you should have conversations around you know there's all sorts of things to ask you can ask um if they have any triggers mm -hmm. if there's if there are any words that they don't like to hear if mm. um if there's anywhere that they don't want to be touched um if there's anywhere they do want to be touched if uh there's something in particular that they really like if they are comfortable being seen by other people you know there's a million different yeah. things to ask and you should ask as many questions as you can and really get an idea of what someone is and isn't into some people are gifted with being able to really read people mm. so like a lot of conversation isn't always necessary between everyone in that mm. you can often read quite pick up signals quite easily off people on whether there's something like and then you know if you sense that someone isn't too into something you can check in you can say hey like are you good like would you like it if I did it more like this or would you do you want me to continue this way you know you can ask these questions but certainly don't just assume that because people are at a sex party that they're really kinky and they want to be choked or they're really kinky and they like being spanked or they want to be penetrated even you know like just don't make any assumptions ever mm -hmm. Don't make assumptions. That is one thing they're always like, don't make assumptions about what someone's into. Don't make assumptions about someone's gender. Don't make assumptions about someone's sexuality. Um, just don't make assumptions. That is a super sound piece of advice and particularly around in the kink space. Also, if, if someone says that they are interested in choking or they really love spanking, just because they're interested in that doesn't mean they're necessarily interested in that with you sometimes an, another little misconception is that people often think that when we have like boundaries and desires that that's it they're kind of fixed that that these are our boundaries these are the things that we're happy with but actually what happens in reality is that our boundaries and our desires are very fluid and very flexible. So we might connect with someone and be like, oh yeah, I really want to have a spanking scene with this person. But based on anything else, you might be like, oh, but actually that person, no, I don't really want them to spank me at all. Like, so that's a boundary with that human being, but with another one, you're like, yeah, that's awesome, super hot. So these things can be fluid and flexible. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's something that people often don't, don't always know.
I think it's also really important to acknowledge that in our communities and in kink, you will make mistakes. Mm. And that's, you know, that's okay. Like, it's okay to get something wrong. It's okay to read a situation wrong. It's how you really, like, deal with that. Mm -hmm. And it's also the gravity of those mistakes. You might push a boundary that someone wasn't comfortable with. And how you read that and check or how you respond if that person lets you know really is very important. In kink, we play on the edge quite a lot, you know. There's a lot of things that are quite rooted in trauma or are different. Say someone's pain threshold one day might not be the same as someone's pain threshold another day if they're into pain. Um, so it's quite easy to sort of make make mistakes. And yeah, it's really just about like listening, reading signals, paying attention, checking in and acknowledging that if a mistake's been made, like sit with that person and make like make sure they're OK. And if they don't want to sit with you, also like check in and fight and make sure their friends looking after them and then check in afterwards. And it's really, really important that everyone just acknowledges that mistakes can happen. It's how we mm-hmm. deal with those mistakes. And it's also the gravity of them. And it's also responding to how someone who's fallen victim of a mistake wants to deal with things and yeah. just listening and hearing and and learning none of us are infallible and you know I've certainly made lots of mistakes in my mm-hmm. time and I feel very blessed that I've learned like I'm constantly on a learning mission and I haven't made any mistakes that have caused significant harm to anyone you know like it's it's a part it's a part of it and just make room make room for yourself to grow you know don't think you're this one-stop shop of righteousness I think that that the fact that we we do we do all make mistakes I know that I've made a lot of mistakes um in my in my time I've definitely pushed boundaries I've also I've unintentionally like broken a boundary that's been set by like a partner before as well and it it doesn't feel great when it happens and like you can feel a lot of like I know personally I felt like shame and then I was almost like beating myself up but what if you can do it effectively what can be amazing is that by being able to communicate around like the mistake and around the boundary if the other person is of course open to having that conversation is that by talking about like how different things made you feel and coming into that it can create like deeper intimacy it can we Mm -hmm. we always learn like it's it's a learning experience and treating like that so it's really powerful to open up to that repair to that intimate conversation instead of what can sometimes happen is that almost feeling like oh I've done something bad I want to just shut myself down and shut myself away and not like deal with it yeah or or deny and defend which is even worse you know yeah like not creating avenues to hear and to to make yourself make yourself vulnerable is also a huge problem agreed agreed and and being able to own own ourselves and own our actions and own own Mm -hmm. the repercussions as as well um because you're right it can be easy to deny and be like oh no that's separate from me that's not part of me but instead if we can own it it can really help yeah for sure So thinking about how people who are interested could explore this further, I know one fear that I've been hearing is around um, people feeling more confident, venturing out post-lockdown, post, uh, post, well, still in the pandemic, but yeah, really post-lockdown. And I wondered if you had any tips around how people could feel more confident venturing into these sex-positive spaces. Just go slow, you know. I think like, I mean, in terms of like coming to crossbreed and coming 
to like our events i think so many people put this like big pressure on themselves and this onus on sex and when you get there in reality you might feel quite overwhelmed by all the sex i know i did the first party i went to i thought i was going to have all this sex i went with people that i wanted to have sex with and like all this stuff and when i got there and i was just like wow this is fucking nuts and amazing and jesus christ i'm mm -hmm. definitely not getting my dick out yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> and and just going with the intention of having a good time and maybe the intention of having a dance yeah. maybe the intention of making new friends um maybe the intention of soaking up like uh atmosphere you've not felt before mm. like even like set boundaries with yourself that maybe you don't want to put the pressure on yourself to get involved and play on the first event you know like it's really like crossbreed is really like music and dance floor focused it's yeah. a really really good party and everyone's half naked and it's really really fun and everyone's very like welcoming and open and free and everyone feels very safe and no one's too there's very little pretense once you're inside and really just go with the intention of enjoying that and like soaking up that feeling and that atmosphere and the community and keep an open mind about all the other stuff but don't put your don't put pressure on yourself to do the sex party you know it's it's toxic and it makes things really really society inducing and you know you might go and the next time you'd be like oh my god I can't wait to actually go with this person and do all these things that we've been thinking about yeah until you've like experienced it for the first time like you really just don't know how you're going to respond mm. and you know voyeurism's fun too mm -hmm. hell yes I love a bit of voyeurism and and I think that's really really great advice because confidence isn't necessarily something that springs up overnight so going slow and being kind to yourself in that way and getting a feel learning it's it's all like this learning and growing process and you're right like it can be really overwhelming yeah 100% and do you have any top tips or advice around those who might be wanting to explore the kink scene a little further or a little deeper yeah go to socials we're going to be hosting them monthly from june or from july I think they're really good in terms of meeting other people and exploring. Go slow. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of really really wonderful people in, in the uh, community and the kink scene, but also there's lots of really dangerous people, you know, that are out to exploit newcomers mm. and take advantage of them. So tread carefully, keep your guard up. Like treat everyone like you were treating any stranger off the internet. You know, it's a big bad world, and sadly, not everybody the best intentions and yeah just just take one one day at a time like you might find a lot of people find like this community like this access to exploring all these things they've been thinking about like all these crazy fantasies and they're like oh my god this is the most amazing thing ever I want to do it all and they rush right in mm. and they do all their fantasies at once and then maybe they have a bad experience or they run out of steam or they feel a bit overwhelmed and or maybe some shame or regret and it can ruin it for for you so just like go slow like you've got your whole life to do all these fantasies and some fantasies are best kept as fantasies the re like yeah. the reality of some fantasies isn't actually as good as the fantasy in your head yeah. so just like bear that in mind and just like yeah take one step one day at a time go slow yeah slow the pace slow the pace down you have we have the time to 
explore mm-hmm. and go deeper and experience the depth of pleasure that that we can and we don't have to have it all at once and there can be gratification in slowing it down as as well and what's one thing that you wish everyone knew before coming to a kink party or a sex positive rave I think just that we all just like think of it think of the sex like it's like that's the thing that differentiates our party Mm. from other parties the sex so that's all people really like think about or talk about before Mm. they go like drop it out it's it's not that big a deal like (laughs) I love it like just you know it's just a really really good party it's really hedonistic and everyone's really open and friendly and up for it and just Mm. generally like and up for what I mean by up for it is up for a party not just like down to fuck um (laughs) Like, yes. every, like, it's just a really, really wonderful, fun party. And mm. just focus on that and everything else might click into place. But just like, yeah, don't don't get too caught up on the sex stuff. It's yeah. not that big a deal. And that's really important for expectations. And I know that we talked a little about it before. And I think that that is so powerful is to almost check check in with your expectations like what's your intention in going and not putting that pressure on yourself or pressure on the sex part and enjoy being in this freeing sex positive space where you can listen to damn good music have a dance with your friends and just have a fucking great time and be in that beautiful like hedonistic energy uh, which i am all for me too So how could people find out more, uh, find out more about you, uh, about DJ Kiwi, about Crossbreed? Where can people go for more information? So I am slash Kiwi underscore LDN on Instagram and Crossbreed is at Crossbreed World or CrossbreedWorld.com. So yeah, just come in, uh, join us, follow us, talk to us. Uh, DMs are always open if you have questions. We um, post a lot of interesting content I think and we're going to be posting more soon so yeah just just get involved and if you're in London come come to an event come to a social get to know us um we also hopefully will be doing events out of London in the not too distant future get involved we're we're very open and accessible and inclusive just don't be don't be a wanker (laughs) sound advice yeah don't be a wanker but wanker you like like wanking's great yeah Not at the party on your own, though, that's creepy. Unless you're involved in a scene with people, like keep your dick in your Yeah, I'm so I'm so here for all of that. Thank you so much for your time this morning on this podcast. It's been absolutely amazing talking to you. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Um and just before you're welcome. And just before we go, I'd love to ask what gets you unlocked? Oh, I mean, it's it's always changing. Okay, so more recently, me and a partner have been exploring a lot more uh, CNC stuff mm-hmm. and like ownership stuff and um, something that I've never thought I'd be into, but it's been really amazing and I'm really, really into it at the moment. I'm also really into like quite extreme submission and service and that really turns me on, like someone that's really just willing to go to any lengths to please me and that's always really hot just gets me going yeah 
Yes. And for those of um, those who may not know, what is CNC? Uh, consensual non-consent. Thank you. Um, so boundaries uh, play around essentially trick warning, but uh, rape play. Um, but also it's not it's not rape play. Um, it's mimicking those experiences mm. Mm. Um, consensually and safely and with boundaries so that everyone feels safe and protected. Hot and beautiful and intimate. That brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe to never miss an episode. Up next, we've got all things about sexual massage, tantra, perfectionism, non-monogamy, BDSM, and so much more to reignite your sexuality in this post lockdown world if you enjoyed today's topic make sure you check out my website www.rosamaxwell.co.uk and follow me on instagram at rosamaxwell where you will get so much more free sex education the type you wish you had when you were growing up and of course I am a sex lover relationship coach so if there is more that you want to explore in expanding your own pleasure and increasing the confidence and deliciousness that you experience in sex in love in relationships and just in life in general please don't hesitate to get in touch I am here for you and I can't wait to see you on the next episode of Unlocked and Unrestricted.